Welcome to the Scale Model Podcast. In this podcast, we aim to entertain, inform, and promote the hobby of scale model kit building with interviews, reviews, and news about the hobby. The podcast is available bi-weekly where your favorite podcasts are found, including iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also get it from our website at scalemodelpodcast.com, where you can find show notes, photo gallery, and so much more. You can also subscribe to get notifications on all our updates, new episodes, and video content. Please support the Scale Model Podcast on Patreon. Patreon supporters enjoy early access to content and exclusive contests. Your Patreon support helps us to offset hosting and other costs to bring the podcast to you. Welcome to episode 107 of the Scale Model Podcast, sponsored by Cult TV Band, Sean's Custom Model Tools, and Return to Kit Form. My name is Stuart Clark. Our regular whipping boy slash partner in crime, Jeff's away this week. He's <laughs> saving the day yet again. You know, at least that's what he thinks he's doing, but that's that's fine. But we are joined once again from the terror of the Midwest, from just northwest of Chicagoland, where the sun always shines, the snow always blows, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mr. Terry Measley, how are you, sir? Doing pretty good. Um, I would like sun and snow. All we pretty <laughs> much had is wintry mix. Yeah, it's the delicious sounding wintry mix yeah thank you for <laughs> thank you for sending that by the way we really appreciate it and, you know especially my other my other guest tonight well he's not really a guest he's part of the family back for a, a return engagement from his round the world tour of earth mars and the outer planets it's mr anthony goodman how are you sir hello 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 back from the dead yeah you're alive that's good <laughs> yeah. you're you're one your wonderful wife hasn't killed you yet, so that's good. No, no, we seem to be doing okay there. Yeah, it's great to be on. It's been a while, eh? It's been yep. a minute, boys. I know. That's all right. We are yeah. always happy to have you on, especially for our year-end show. So just a brief programming note, there will be no podcast in two weeks because, uh, you know, we are taking the holidays off, which is always good. Perfect. So... All right, let's get started. I first want to thank my latest Patreon supporter, our latest Patreon supporter, Paul de Orville. I believe he's out of Australia because the money came in Australian funds. So thank you once again for your support of the podcast. It does help us with show costs, hosting costs, stuff like that. All right, latest news. And uh, Terry, I think, threw this one up. How can I forget about this? this is yeah, terrible. how can you forget about the I annual... 24-hour model build that comes up in January. The 17th annual. Yeah. How about that? That's fun. So you, are you planning to put something in, I Terry? I don't know. I might do something. I'm, it's know. one of those you got to think pretty hard about what you're going to do. Yeah. You got to pick the you got to make the right kit choice, right? Like Yeah, it's got to be easy to build. You don't you can't spend time filling it. Not That's something right. you love too much so that you don't feel that crazy and sense of uh, burning yep. investment. <laughs> yep, That's exactly, right. exactly. But there's already a lot of people have been posting on the Facebook page for their builds they're going to do. That's fun. Yep, yep. Blappy kind of reminded me about that, so um, mm-hmm. I just saw it pop up. And uh, yep, we'll see. All sorts, we'll see. all sorts of custom work. Some guys doing going to do a Bronco and these 3D printing wheels and stuff like that. So yeah, definitely check them out in the Facebook page. Always. Always a good time there. Okay, and we also have Anthony is also here for another reason. Anthony, tell us. Okay, so I think the last time I was on, we we hinted about a big giveaway, and I wanted to stay away long enough for everyone to forget about it. So here it is. It's the big super secret 100th anniversary surprise giveaway. So you you guys celebrated your 100th episode 
white, uh-huh. right? Back in, oh boy, seems like forever ago now. Just the right time to drop these prizes on you. So we have eight prizes, eight awesome prizes from Sean's Custom Model Tools, sponsored by me, Goodman Models. We've got super sanding block sets. We've got, let me just rustle through the box here. Holy moly. This is the biggest, this is the biggest giveaway I've ever been on, involved in. We have a value pack combo. So you get a super stand in that one. We've got uh, one of these, oh, two of these guys. This is the wet sanding tub combo. So you get the super sanding block set and you get the uh, wet sanding tub. Very cool. A newer, a newer product from Sean. That was a, a really neat idea. So there's going to be a ton of those. All you have to do, and you can do it now as you hear this, submit your work, your your work in progress photo, your whip photo to where, Stu? Scalemodelpodcast at gmail.com. You do that, you're entered in the into the super secret 100th anniversary surprise giveaway. And it's so super and so secret you don't even know what prize you're going to get it's going to show up and you're going to open it blow your your mind right and then there's going to be more draws to come so stay tuned very cool all right there we go of course brought to you by sean's custom model tools and sponsored by goodmanmodels.com that name sounds familiar go figure (laughs) there's like nothing on that i've been trying to rebuild the site And it's just like, in, I think I put like an under construction. And, well, that's uh, all right. It still exists, though. That's all right. That's all right. So, no, we're looking forward to having a good show. Uh, we're having our guest. I just sent an email back. I heard back from him. Somehow we got our signals crossed on time zone. So he's going to try and join us at nine. I've right. asked him to. So, all right. So lots of new announcements. So let's start with the Tamiya announcements for january they've got some uh they got a couple interesting things i saw last week they got some tools they've got now in part of their lacquer series so they have these and i didn't quite get it because they had blue red and yellow but these are designed for mixing these are primary colors with a solely blue pigment contains minimal cloudiness when mixed and recommend for making your own custom hues really um yeah so interesting the primary colors um so yeah Huh. LP 81, 82, 83. The fact that they're up to 83 lacquer colors shows you how, how popular the line's been already. I have no doubt it's quality paint. But yeah. I was wondering about, because I already mix often. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about this, Terry? Do you need a primary I'm, base color? I mean, it, it takes you back to art class, right? Mm-hmm. Art school, yeah. mixing up your paints. Mm-hmm. They're the lacquers, so they should they should be good. Yeah. I, I I don't know. Well, they definitely think there's a market for it, so we'll yeah. see what happens. Um, yeah, be interesting to see. I'll I wonder how much. That if I think about it. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm wondering with with with, with the yellow because I do a lot of prop tips, you know. And up to now, you normally have, uh, you know, you have to put like a pink primer or something to really get a yeah. good a good yellow. I wonder if this would pink be primer. any better. So we'll have to see what happens. So well, I think you're Kinda... right about the the pink primer really makes it rich. Yeah. Yeah. But I wonder if this will work without the primer. Kind of reminds me of some of the paint paint for the minis lines, like Games Workshops and that. Some okay. of these companies now, like Vallejo too, they have like a one coat paint now. Like it's extra, not thick, but just the idea is for speed painting. You don't need to put two coats on. So I'm just, I'm wondering if this will be similar to it. So, yep. They've also got uh, four new modeling brushes from small, fine, extra fine, and ultra fine. 
Okay, nice. That was, Those look yeah. good. Yeah, they look good. So that's from our good friends at Tamiya. Uh, Hasegawa, they have their, their December releases. Um, a couple of repops, a couple of new things. Uh, so we basically have, what do we have here? We have an F-15J Eagle, a KI-49, their Osprey, a bunch of cars. Uh, we did talk about the Lightning the Lightning II and the aggressor um, uh, markings a while back. Yep. And this is one. It's the 70 second scale version of it. Yep. It's not the, yeah. And then there's one here called Walker Machine Iron Gear. Looks like something from an anime part. Yeah, animation Walker Machine X Zabungle. Oh, I think it's Zabungle. Zabungle? Okay. Yeah, that's like a pretty classic 80s uh, Japanese anime. So oh, yeah, looks like wild. a Bose Mex. Yeah. yeah, they had some really wild. Uh, wild designs but to be honest i've never seen it but i'd i'd be curious about it for sure just got really like yeah. that period in in the, the animation 80s are definitely coming back so oh yeah so yeah that's from hasagawa and then also on the sci-fi realm from uh fantastic plastic uh their latest classic rocket ship series they're really kind of going way back when uh this is from a book lester del rey's rocket journey uh one to 288 it was a old classic book I remember reading that years ago, 1952, juvenile sci-fi hmm. novel. Um, so it's a traditional winged bullet. So definitely, uh, you know, something you could have fun with. You could do some other work with it. Yeah, that leaves a lot of, uh, it's a it's a very sim- simple, fairly simple yep. design. So you could do some yep. Yep. scribing details or. Yep. The reviews. price point's good. Price point's good. $45 plus shipping. Yeah, Five inches. Bad. Yep, eight pieces, one to 288. Pattern and casting by Millennium Models International. So Definitely yeah, a throwback kind yep. of thing. Nostalgia selling, that's what we're saying. So Yeah. All right. So uh, also, Special Hobby announced, hey, they're going to do a pre-re- uh, re-release sorry, of their Henkel 177A and 148. So this is going to be a big beast. Uh, they're saying it's one of the more popular kits people are always asking about. Um, so they're doing part of the original molding, but they're also doing 3d milled some replacement parts. Uh, they will offer small parts in a much higher quality compared to the original parts. And again, some nice screenshots there. Now, Terry, you said you have one of these, you won at a raffle. Yeah, I have a 177. Yeah. I have the, um, it was released as I think MPM initially. Right. Um, it was one of the flood kits. So it's just the kit. It's in a bag right now. Right. I wanted it at a, at a raffle. I'm not. I well, know. Some of the some of the details and photo etch in that look very nice. Yeah, they do. I I'm, I don't think those were original. No, nope, I, I don't think so either. To the kit. Yeah. So that'll be kind of kind of cool. And then from out of Poland, Lukograph. I I saw these just because the engines look just just wonderful. So they're working on their first flying boat. The Lornier Type L with 132 and 148 scales. So I put two links in the show notes there, I thought. Yeah, I did. Uh, the first one goes to the Facebook page showing the engines built up and painted. That's and the neat. second one show, showing the kit. It's a very nice looking, attractive single engine float plane. 159, 160 euros for the 132nd on pre-order or 109 euros for the 148th. So, yeah, they have so much stuff. Luke Graf. Oh, they do so many nice things, yeah. Where are they from? Exactly. Poland. Poland. Yeah, they're out of Poland. Yeah, no, they've been yeah, if really... You, it's worth just looking through if you like any of the 
the biplanes for the most yeah. part. Oh, yeah. Yeah, doing yeah that right. the Havilland yeah. Dragonfly. We talked about that one before. Yeah, a lot of nice, a lot of nice stuff. Have you guys nice ever stuff. seen one of these up close? I haven't. I'm I'm tempted to get a dragonfly or that dragon rapide uh-huh. just to see, just to see it. Like kind of how I mean, close it, the dragon rapide's to... 150 euros for so about 150 yeah. bucks. So it's yeah, so about one it's point. kind of an expensive just yeah. just have a look at. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder how these stack up against the old uh, wingnut wings kits for for fans of that of this period, right? Like this could be mm-hmm. the new to fill that gap, right? Yeah, I, I, engineering wise, I think wingnuts is is second to none. Yeah, uh, but these the, as resin kits, these are they, they they rival injection molded as far as that goes. Plus, you get a bunch of three D printed stuff now that nice. was like the engines and such that just you know they, 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 those cost as much as the rest of the kit to cast that kind of detail in in the engines and that sort of thing, seats and all that. Because mm-hmm. the waste from the molds and the waste from casting mm-hmm. is so high, so this well, that, makes a lot of sense. That's what caught my eye. Small? Yeah, looking at Detailed, the engines. Just print yeah. it. Yeah, the engines just look absolutely gorgeous. They look like it could be wonderful, a wonderful <laughs> kit on their own. The engine there. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely gorgeous. You can't go wrong with that. So, yeah, just absolutely gorgeous. Um, so, okay. Yeah, the look rough. Yep. Very interesting. I'd love to hear if anybody's built any of them. Well, we'll have to see. We'll have to keep our eyes open at Heritage Con when we check the tables a bit closer. You never know. We may have seen one already. We just didn't realize. Or, um, hey, listeners, uh, if you're working on one of these or, or if you've already built one, please post them to uh, the Facebook page for yep, SMP. Yep, send us a post so we can uh, have a look and drool. Exactly. Ooh, yeah. Okay, the next news from round two models. This will make a lot of car and truck guys happy. Um uh, AMT's announcing uh, from round two, uh, oh, the yeah. old style Chevy 1500 and 3500 pickup trucks, 125th scale. These are awesome. The old, I'm a big yeah. Chevy fan. Yeah, the old, style, the old body style Chevy trucks are coming to AMT next year. Yeah. Uh, first test shots here. Uh, awesome. You got the 1500 short bed and the 3500 dually. Uh, yeah. I never thought Maybe. about building truck models. Oh, no. <laughs> I sure like driving the real ones. Yeah, there you, you know, go. So, and it's and it's less on gas. Yeah, yeah. It's so, not covered in rust. No, it's not covered in rust. But you know, you you you, you could make yours and do the yeah. appropriate amounts. Uh, cool. Quarter to twenty twenty three for the fifteen hundred, and the thirty five hundred is going to follow uh, several months after. And just a reminder, kids, these are the mock up samples. No rivet counting yet, please. So these are like new, new kits, not just uh, bringing back an old... Uh, yeah, they've taken release. some of the... What do they say here? Using the original AMT promos as starting points. We've replicated, mm-hmm. yeah. So they've started it, and then they're 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 putting the newer designs into them and the newer yeah. quality molds. And that's fair. Yeah, because yep. once you're... If you have a nice, crisp uh, mold to shoot the plastic into yeah. and whatever update details, wheels and, and whatnot... It'll be great. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what some of the aftermarket guys do for like beds and mm-hmm. you know other things you can you can put in there. So yeah, no, that's 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 going to be nice. Like I said, I'm sure I'm sure there's going to be a lot of uh, once these are announced, there's going to be a lot of interest in that. Mm-hmm. So all right, and then we move from reality to a bit of fantasy. Another paper tank. Paper Panzer from the pages of history and also from World of Warcraft. 
not World of Warcraft, God, World of Tanks. This is TACOM's 135th, 150-ton OI Super Heavy Tank with not one, not two, not three, but four guns. Count them, kids. Metal barrels for them all. <laughs> um, yeah. Lots of sprues. Lots of tracks. Lots of guns. It's a big beastie. It, yeah, it is. Yeah. The metal barrels are nice. Hollowed muzzle ends. <laughs> it's like 10 times bigger than anything they actually yeah. ran. Yeah, or, says, or anything that you could actually make and use in the field. Yeah, <laughs> this kit will produce quite a large land battleship. Did they actually have any habits. any legitimate super heavy tank or no, heavy tanks? No, they didn't even have heavy all, tanks, did they? This is all this is all oh, paper. Japanese? No. No. Yeah. They, and they no. had a lot of light, sort of light tanks, yeah. and I don't know what yeah. you even the ones the Soviets and the Americans played with, did they just they weren't practical. They're no. just not. No. No. What was the American one that they had to oh. it had two sets of tracks and had to remove one set of tracks so it could go over bridges or something because well, yeah. they were too wide. I, I forget what it was. Yeah, I think the German one had something similar. But yeah, just they were you know they were playing around with the concept, right? You know, mm-hmm. you know. I suppose I suppose the closest thing is like a slightly more mobile railway gun, really. Yeah. In some in some some cases of this, but well, they probably didn't know exactly what they needed right at the time. Yeah, you know, they were they're trying to figure out what which way they needed to go yeah. yeah that's a pretty wild looking just seeing some of the line drawings at the bottom it's a pretty wild it's looking uh, tank yeah yeah a lot of experimentation there and and stuff like that so as i said uh you know and tacom they also have released a bunch of other ones they've got a couple of uh, german super heavies and moderately super heavies etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah let's see all right next up our good friends at barracuda studios they're always doing amazing things so uh, these are 3D printed and grain resin, uh, 72nd scale Spitfire 5B and 5C corrected spinners for the Airfix kit. Um, again, just enough. Enough. If you know, you know what you're looking for. You know what's wrong. Uh, know, Fox, right for Spitfires. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. I. This I, is pretty I, good. Uh, yeah, like, I can see yeah, the difference. Yeah, for the different. Props. I can see the I mean, difference. Yeah. 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 Once see you the, know. Yeah. A lot of people too, like this bird is so iconic. It, it's it's on the top list of a lot of model builders, yep. right? I like the pricing. Yep. Right, seventy second scale corrected spinner, six ninety five. Yep. I don't yep, know if exactly. that's American, but this will be American. Yeah. 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 So there's, you know, there's it's not a lot of barrier to kind of getting that perfect. No, if you want to make it prettier, uh, Falkworth one ninety wheels, various wheels. Um, this one I like because I picked up, even though I swore I'd never build another 72nd World War II fighter for a while. <laughs> I was in Brofdales a couple of months ago and, you know, mm-hmm. Richard somehow waved his magic wand. and I He sees pretty, you coming down I the know, street, God Stu. damn it. God damn it. Uh, so I did pick up Airfix's newest uh, 72nd, the Hawker, Hawker Tempest Mark IV or yeah. Mark V. I did an inbox review. It's actually a very nice kit. Mm-hmm. in that scale but this is if you want to make it just a little bit more special uh the radiator in particular it looks really good because then that really stands out um and the spinner yeah the spinner definitely a lot of people were saying it looks a little bit too long and it does um but the barracuda cast one looks really nice so that's a nice one so that's a set something to think about again that's awesome I, yeah exactly and then we have the bac lightning landing gear set in 172nd scale for the airfix again, uh, we have for the F4, the U.S. Navy 132nd scale Phantom, the rudder pedals. Oh, again, because nice. that's for the Tamiya F4 Navy. So uh, 
Now I got I got to ask because it's Tamiya. Is this yeah. is this necessary? Are they really not that sharp? I haven't seen the Tamiya Phantom, yeah. the 32nd, but they obviously feel it is. Um, and, it, and again, it's pretty open, right? Like it's, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. the well, F4, it, those big kits. There's also multiple types. Yeah, that's true. Oh, okay. So it's a yeah. Navy one, there's an Air mm-hmm. Force one. Yeah, okay. that's yeah. true. That's true. And then a Skyhawk 32nd scale, the A4, the 20 millimeter cannon barrels. <laughs> yeah. For the IA, uh, this is for most A4Cs and later, with the exception of the IAF aircraft, which had different ones. So, yeah, definitely some more cool stuff happening yeah, there. Those are so, really slick. Yeah, Barracuda's got so many good things. Yeah, yeah you can't go wrong. Yeah, really, actually, I just. If you're doing any project, it's always worth checking out, seeing what they're Yeah, exactly. Got for actually, I just had a quick peek at. Uh, at uh, Barracuda's main website, they've also just announced the for the one thirty second scale to convert your New Zealand. You can convert uh, your A four E and F to the RN Royal Royal Naval New Zealand Royal New Zealand Air Force, the Kahu as they called it, cockpit upgrades because they, they they actually bought a bunch of old Skyhawks Skyhawks and they used them for quite a while, mm-hmm. and it's a very popular. Uh, it's it's a nice looking bird. With that one. So if you want to build something in 30 seconds scale, there you go. Classic. Yeah, that's 20, 21 bucks. 21 bucks for a 30 second. And it's, it comes with a lot of stuff. It comes with the tail, the nose, a lot of stuff. So yeah, that looks very nice too. So well done. Our good friends at Barracuda. Yeah. I, I love getting conversion kits that I don't know, but, but the, the average model out there are you listeners. If it, if it, it's, it, Usually you get like the one or two kind of main or notable liveries in a kit. But I always kind of see these other things, right? These other things that catch your eye. You're like, mm-hmm. it's maybe an air show or just some picture in a magazine or whatever that they're like, oh, I wish I could build that. But it, it's always so much work at, if you're kind of left to your own devices to get it done. But it's great when there's little kits because there's still enough challenge there for the model build. But yeah. not that you're getting into like a slugfest where it's going to take forever. So yeah, kudos to Barracuda for yeah getting those conversion kits. Some of those kits. things like the spinners, that yeah. you know, different props use different spinners. And mm-hmm. in World War II, I know a lot, like the the, the number of propellers that were put on Mustangs and and P-47s. Mm-hmm. Each of them had like five or six. Wow. Depending yeah. on when it was when it was out, what model engine it had, and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. So and that, that's you know, fun stuff too. Your best, you need your picture, and I yeah. did that with that the Airfix uh, P40. I did in very early P40, and still mm-hmm. had the um, aluminum prop, the hollow aluminum prop, and it mm-hmm. looks distinctly different. And yeah. what so, were you able to find a conversion kit? To yeah, I think get it was um, it was either Ultracast or Barracuda. I forget which. Perfect. Well, b- both great great companies for yeah. coming up with parts, right? But there you go, and it's a, that's another really neat thing to bring out to the hobby shows. You get to see something a little different than the, you know, the the box art one, mm-hmm. which is nothing wrong with that. But it's cool to see something going a little different direction. Yeah, and and some of those things don't take that much that much effort, especially mm-hmm. when you when you have a decal set or something for markings. Like, oh, it it used an uncuffed prop. I guess I have to do that. But that's all <laughs> you had to do. You know, yeah. you aren't going to go through a lot of effort. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's something different. Something yeah, different. It is. It's always eye-catching. Always. Always good. Always good. Okay. Uh, special hobbies. I like special hobbies because they do a lot of emails. They don't just rely on Facebook. They update their site. They send 
weekly emails. I like these guys, so I promote them as much as I can. They did kind of their end of the year newsletter. Um, so it's it's interesting, uh, as they say. Uh, we do live in a rather interesting time now, and even though 2022 has been a bit turbulent, um, it's apparently for them it did not have an impact on the sales of their kits. In this year's new releases sold simply like hotcakes. So here's the top 10. Uh, they, most of these are in 70 second, unless I say otherwise. Uh, the Mirage 3, the Bugatti, that French racer plane. I think that's the one where the pilot sits prone, if I recall. <laughs> uh, the JU87 from the Axis satellite kind of countries. The 109E in the, the E7 Tropical. Uh, the uh, KI-54 TSU, a gunner trainer, an L4 Grasshopper in 148th, uh, the JU-87 with in night attack options, uh, the AH-1G Cobra over Vietnam with the M35 gun system. That's the high-tech kit. It doesn't list a scale there. What scale? 48th. Um, and then what else? The Oh, yeah, the Short Sutherland. Uh, the Flying Porcupine in 172nd to, take, to give the Italian and the Airfix a run for its money. And last but not least, the Panhard 178B 47mm gun, late turret. Um, and again, they've talked about the, uh, you know, we, we, we already talked about the HE177 coming out. They're going to do a two-seater Vigan in 172nd. Um, they're going to do some more resin, etc. So, yeah. And looks like they are going to try and attend the Nuremberg Toy Fair this year. Um, so hopefully we'll hear more in the January in in the January newsletter. So yeah, very some very cool things here. So uh, you know, plus their masks and everything like 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 that. So kudos to Special Hobbies. Um, alrighty, moving on. Uh, this is yours, Terry, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We um. Found the um, this Yak Four. It's a light bomber from World War II, forty-five foot wingspan. So it's not a very big plane. Um, all I have for the kit right now is a, a link to HLJ. It's from Mars Models, which I found out is. Um, oh, I looked into them. Where are they from? I want to say either Ukraine or Poland. So now I have yeah. Mars models. Yeah. Anyway, PE two. I thought it was a PE two, right? But mm -hmm. no, it's it's distinctly smaller than a PE two. It's classed as a light bomber. World War Two. It looks like many of the other Soviet twin engine, twin mm -hmm. rudder planes. So, pretty cool. Good. Very cool. Very. Here's cool. a price if anyone's interested in that Yak Four. It's a uh... Hobby Link Japan has it for ninety eight sixty four Canadian dollars. That's so. nice. seventy two bucks in real dollars. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next one, the Halbert. Is this you as well, Terry? Yes, it is. I know we were just talking about the lack of the oh, catapult yeah. planes the week before, and yeah, I have a pair of I think Cinefer Seahawks in uh, in resin in one box. I thought I was buying one, I bought two. <laughs> excellent um, but halberd does a great job i i really like the the conversion stuff i've seen from them and this is a full kit both in 32nd and 48th i wonder if uh kentucky dave is going to be or kentucky uh yeah the mojo guys they're gonna i don't be know i check eb every day Mike. to see if it's it's on halberd's 
purchased yet. Mike, <laughs> Mike really enjoyed Mike those. likes the full planes. Yeah. So that's right. Yeah. That is a really might. cool bird. I don't think I've ever seen this one before. No. It's a late war float, but they were using the um the Seagull, the SOC uh biplane right. as yeah. scout planes for uh, most of the war. Um, you know, if pictures you... as well. But, if, um, if it didn't have markings, if it was just plain, no paint or anything, I'd swear it was a Japanese one. It just there's something about it. I think it's the cockpit. makes it look like a zero. You know, by the end of the war, they would have, uh, like the U.S. military would have probably had their hands on quite a few mm-hmm. Japanese planes, right? To yeah, but just, you know, like, 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 like if you look at it, that side yeah. view, so if you just take off, yeah, that's, that's that little Japanese naval it's flavor. It's really neat. It's, it it look kind of looks like that because it, it's small in a single float design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe um, that's what it is. But just just something about it. It just it's very unique looking. Is this yeah. on your to get list? Terry? Oh, I will absolutely be getting this. <laughs> yeah, I know you enjoy a good float plane once in a yeah, while, right? Yeah, right. and I, I it prompted me to pull the FM one Pete Japanese float plane out. Yeah, I've got a Dave around somewhere too. There you go. See, that'll that's keep awesome. you out of mischief. Oh, yeah. It's a nice kit. What, okay, I may what's, be done what's with landing gear. I may, may may stop building retractable <laughs> landing gear forever now. Just build oh, float dear. planes and fixed pants. <laughs> float planes and fixed plants. The last, two, the last two uh, planes I did, I did uh, gear up. Yeah. Yep. Nothing wrong with that. No yep, complaints. it's nice, nothing. You know, hey, it's no your stress. kit. That's exactly it. Yep. Okay, what are you saying here in the show notes, Anthony? Let's see. What do we got? I, I got your nothing hawker. new. In, no, no, yeah, no. But yeah, you're saying, asking me about a hawker link. Yeah, I don't you know did what your you're talking you did it. We you mentioned your inbox link to. Uh, oh, that yes, to, I will put that. In. I think yes. you should share that the far Tempest. and wide with our listeners. Yes, the Tempest. Yeah. Now I know what you're talking about. Yeah. See, because I know scared. you were putting lots of uh, you were putting lots of updates on Facebook. On yeah, your, yeah. On your page sure as you were going along there, but uh, yeah, yeah throw your video up videos. there. I'll throw that video up. Okay. All right. Now I'm with you. Okay. See, folks, this is how the sausage is made. All right. Coming new from our good friends at Scalemates, because, you, you know, nothing new ever comes out. A little slows down a bit at Christmas, I've noticed. But, okay, we're going to start out with a company, Ishini Hobbies. And this is, I've been told by my colleagues here, pre-show, this is probably from a video game back in the so, 80s. Yeah, Zinshi, I think. Zinshi, yeah. okay. S-I-N-S-H-I. Yamato Yamato? Or, Zinshi. You know? Yeah, okay. So, so, so one of you give us the score on this. This is like a neat-looking stuff here. Yeah, it's quite a few. Okay, so maybe some listeners might remember. It was I thought it was a fairly popular video game called Metal Slug. It was definitely Japanese. I want to say early 90s. Well, it's not just Metal Slug. It looks like it's Metal Slug 3. This is Metal oh. Slug 3. And you can still get it on Steam. Yeah, it's oh, very popular. I saw that. I yeah. You can to get it on I've been looking for a nice Steam. shooter. Yeah, it's a shooter go. game. Uh, yeah, so platformer. you got to you got to control this neat little tank, a very kind of cartoony, like uh, science fictiony looking tank. It was a really fun game. Obviously, it has a a loyal and enduring fan base, and obviously some sequels. But these are like little kits of various vehicles from Metal Slug Three. I love it. Well, you know, back to the video fun. game times, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I, I'm not super familiar, but I bet you a lot of people are, will will know that name. So, Terry, yeah. do you have any memories of playing that game, or you recognize these vehicles? I I I know of it, and I've seen the little the little metal slug tank kits from the first one, and they're yeah. they're great. They look hilarious. These are great. Yeah. I, I I love the drill slug. It's got a giant bloody drill and a couple of Gatling yes. guns. 
Like, yeah, they always had a they. It had these giant like tread. Uh, yeah. it, it's oh, like yeah. totally cartoony design, right? But it, it yeah. just had a really neat look. It was super fun to play, and it had a Gatling gun tail. Yep. Right, and yeah, of course it, it had like a little stubby yeah. cannon on the front yeah, on the turret, yeah. and they got the sub here. No scale, obviously, but yeah. who cares? These, these look fun. Yeah, these look fun. Yeah, I, these I'd look... like to see what they are. Yeah, I should look... go to HLJ and see if they have them. Yeah, you have to check out. Okay, then Plamax minimum factory. I was going to say Putin, but it's not the Russian president. Uh, from the next day, uh, looks like for another series. It's just like weird. Looks like some uh, birds or something not not doing well. I don't know what that's from. Whiteheads from Max. Some kind, it's got to yeah. be a Max Factory. This could be. I think the next few yeah. could be characters from various uh, anime. Like High it could be like a Mecha that, yeah. or yeah. Lot, there's so much of that stuff getting put out now, and yeah. a lot of IPs are getting a bit of model love because they there's just a huge market. I think for like yeah. sort of um, kind of uh, half model kit half toy figure mm-hmm. kind of kits where you, you you put it together like a 3d puzzle you've got something to put on top of your desk it mm. looks like the character from the screen i think a lot of um, good smile companies doing an awesome job like they yeah. they've been putting out all the pat labor kits i'm a huge fan and they're really fantastic working mm-hmm. on now one right now. Now, now now you're saying some of these might be only available in japan at the moment oh i you know i was actually talking about the good smile kits you can get Okay. I was referring to uh, Bondi's Gundam kits, which have become oh, okay. yeah. very. It's like those dark limited 90s. edition ones. I we covered didn't that. Even make it out of the <coughs> yeah, we actually covered that Excuse story me. a couple of months ago because yeah. again, they were getting a lot of. They had to crack down on the resellers, big time. So yeah, they basically said we're only going to make these available in Japan. Yeah, and unless you're an authorized dealer like Hobby Link Japan or something, Hobby Link Japan know, has like they not have barely they have nothing. Yeah, they have like a thousand being, listings. Yeah, I know. I think what I think what they were trying to do was to limit how much how many kits, even by legitimate wholesalers, how many kits were being sold out of the country. Yes, exactly. They were so they've got full. They've got these different sort of flagship stores, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's that like uh, it's called Gundam Base, and I forget what city that's in. There's there's like the Tokyo Gundam store, and right. so you you literally have to go to that store to get that kit. So yep. they're making the copies, and they I think what was happening, and maybe you guys recall this that that the local fans, like the you know people in Japan weren't getting at any oh and they, they were, were getting pissed off yeah they, yeah, were they weren't off, getting yeah. any kits because yeah, they were that's all their main and they're 80 percent of the sales so you want to keep those guys happy yeah so i think yeah. they were kind of missing out um and then obviously there were some some rumblings and and then here we are now it seems very difficult to get anything yeah. the prices have really kind of jumped up right which uh and it seems to me every release that comes out is always uh, a p bondi which means premium Mm-hmm. So it's limited, higher price, same plastic in the box. Mm-hmm. And then, or you'd have it, it's a store limited edition. Right. So, you know, best of luck to you. It's probably yeah. overall bad. Maybe good if you're trying not to buy too many. Like, 
I know, but you know what? I've been I've been watching some YouTube videos out of Japan, and it's like you see the lineups at the stores. Yeah, it's, for when it's they crazy. have a new release, it's it's crazy. It's like Magic cards, yeah. probably just as expensive too. But, but I wonder if I wonder if it's having the op. I mean, it's probably not having the in some ways the opposite effect because I know you know you can you can cruise on Facebook and find out um, these small little sellers that mm-hmm. what, they live in Japan and they set up their own little basically apartment sort of shipping service. So they'll take your order. They'll, you know, go down, take the The train down to, you know, Gundam base shop. They'll buy 10 of this and five of those and package them up and resell them (laughs) and send them out of the country. But at a, at a really crazy markup. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, but again, I can, you know, when you look at the number of units they make and they sell, you can see why they want to keep the local market happy. Like yeah. you don't want to risk alienating, alienating those people that are, you know, sure. every week anew or every two weeks, they're there yeah. standing in line in the rain, spending big bucks. So, oh, for yeah. sure. And, and you know I what? Know. I know that they've had, uh, Bondi's companies had its share of issues stemming from COVID where they couldn't get, you know, products made. Mm-hmm. They're having factory shutdowns or having all the same issues, you know, probably issues getting material to make the kits and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So shipping issues, of course, were a nightmare from Japan for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So it is what it is for the moment. It it, it reminds me of the early 90s when if it had Gundam on it or it was from Japan, it was like, (laughs) it's $100. That's a $12 model kit. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Yeah. So yeah, so that's kind of what's what's new and exciting. A lot of stuff there. Things are starting to slow down a little bit for the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, so this is like why why we, we we take a break. The industry stops to enjoy the holiday as well. So exactly. All right. So let's talk a little bit about our good friends at Cult TV Man. Then we're gonna have the interview with Dr. Dr. Strangebrush. And for once, we haven't done a pre-interview. He's actually going to, in real time, he's going to join us in about 10 minutes, but we're going to do a pre We're going to record that one and just, just, just pretend we have. So here we go, all about Cult TV Man. Here's the latest news from Cult TV Man. Always exciting things happening from them at culttvman.com. And of course, culttvmanshop.com. So a couple of things. Uh, there's some new kit announcements from round two and new box arts come their way. Three issues, reissues uh, for spring 2023. The Klingon Bird of Prey, the K-7 Space Station, and the TIE Interceptor. Um, the Bird of Prey is a reissue with new box art. Box art. The kit was last reissued in 2016. Uh, the K-7 is a reissue of the kit with the photo box cover from the original release sure some of you remember that and the tie interceptor is an upgrade using the body of the regular tie fighter that's in 148 scale that'll be a nice looking kit with that so uh you can pre-order those right now from our friends at cult tv man at culttvman.shop and then if we look what else is coming lots of glow monsters and more from atlantis the mummy and wolfman are actually in the warehouse now they're going to be shipping those like now <laughs> starting on monday actually uh so you've got the lon cheney jr glow mummy glow wolfman there's also the b26 invader bomber in 167 scale from atlantis uh a f100 super saber 170th scale from atlantis the el dorado the cadillac 132nd those are reissues 
Uh, the Tom McGue and Mongoose Dragster, 132. The Jungle Jim Vega Funny Car, 132 as well. And the Japanese Chai High Type 97 Medium Tank, also available. Um, and then they also have the Guillotine is back. Uh, this is the special art box edition from Dolan Hallby GA. Uh, this looks really, really nice. They also have a very limited number of the Metropolis store display. Uh, so if you definitely want to get that, you definitely want to jump on that pretty darn quick. Anyway, that's uh, some of the new stuff. Check them out at culttvmanshop.com and let them know the Scale Model Podcast sent you. All right, time for the interview section. And we're really pleased to have this special guest coming to you from other, maybe slightly lesser quality podcasts. They're going to love me when I when I say that. Mr. John Miller, a.k.a. Dr. Strangebrus from Model Paint Solutions. John, how are you tonight? Feeling fine. How about yourself? Not too bad. I see I, I see those boys from Kentucky have you drinking bourbon. Yeah. That's caught on. You know, yeah, yeah. Their, their cohort cohort in crime, Jim Bates, um, a scale Canadian. Wow. Yeah. Yes. He got me yes. turned on to bullet uh, rye whiskey. And uh, I, mm, yeah. 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 We Canadians, we, we actually, we actually do that. You, remember we were joking about lawyers before. Yeah. You know, he's, he's another one. So yeah. It's, well, I won't go there. Like I said, I'm not going to no. go there. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. We, 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 we actually take care of that for you. Okay. So, cool. Yeah, no, and actually, because uh, he's also planning to hopefully make it up to our, our Heritage Con show. Yes. In March. Yes. He, keeps, he, he, keeps, he keeps making threats. So Jim's good know, at threats. We'll have to see. He's good at threats. We'll have to see if he actually, you know, comes comes through with it. Although I have a feeling if if he does, I'm sure I'm sure the Musaru Cup judges will be increased by one. <laughs> so something else I can bribe bribe with. I mean, convince, convince, right. not bribe. right, right. All right. So uh, yeah, you're a, you're a fairly semi regular on that on the Plastic Model Mojo, and I joke they're an awesome podcast. Um, talking about you know great tips you've had about airbrushing and tips and mixing and you know well, it's it's really good well first off i'm on i'm on the mojo a lot because to be honest mike and dave did some digging and find found some stuff on me back from my college days oh dear yeah so you know the letters started coming and the, you know the demands for the show and so <sighs> you know what can you do so anyway it's pretty sad well pretty it sad. is it is and I've, I've thought about going legal but you know that's another story um anyway um, to, to just start with maybe some of the basics of just handling an airbrush, right? Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I thought first, why, why don't you give the company a plug? Model Paint Solutions. <laughs> okay. You know, I, Model never, Paint I, I never do that. Well, we want you to. I appreciate that. It's modelpaintsolutions.com. That's right. Okay. Model Paint Solutions. That took all of about five minutes to come up with, but there it is. Um, mm -hmm. And it's a, a company I started when I retired from being a chemistry professor and uh, doing research and, and beating graduate students. And mm -hmm. uh, I've had a lot of fun doing it. And I've met a lot of really great people through email and phone calls. And what I will say about the company, if I could, in a nutshell, is I'd like to think what we bring to the modeling field is a, a, an approach to preparing your paint in a reliable, reproducible way. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to be uh, uh, adding thinner, adding paint, changing pressure, and you know doing some kind of incantation. Every time you go to mix paint, you can go to the same 20, 30, 40% mixture that you did before and have it behave exactly the same way. 
And uh, most of the stuff on the site is basically, to be honest, repurposed uh, labware that I used for 25 years in a, in a lab every day. And mm -hmm. it, it makes uh, preparing and storing. After you make a 30, 40, 50, whatever percent solution of paint, you can make enough and seal it in a pharm pharmaceutical, you know, grade container that you'll mm -hmm. have that mixture ready to go years later, you know, even if it's a lacquer. So uh, that's what I'd like to think that we try to bring to the to the sport is is this approach to painting. Awesome. Now, now, of course, also also just as important, how is your how is your v, VP of operation, head of human resources and the assistant director of research? Dr. Dieter Marie von Steinbeck. Yes. Yes. She now has an, an additional assistant in the form of uh, Duncan Duncan O'Reilly. Duncan O'Reilly. Yeah, Duncan O'Reilly, who is uh, yeah. uh, about a 97.4 pound yellow Labrador. <laughs> there you go. Who well, runs our shipping and receiving? He's doing a very good well, job. Good. Yeah, so excellent. Always, always tough to find good staff. It's very. I good. have yes. I have two feline staff. Uh, <laughs> Anthony's got a couple of felines, and uh, oh, and, and, and 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 Terry's a, fel a fellow dog man, just like you. Yep. So you know what? I'm I'm both. I I you know many was the many years ago when I was first going to college, I wanted to be actually a veterinarian. And I ended up getting, yes, okay. I did. And I ended up getting into biochemistry and research. And I went, I went that direction uh, towards med school, but I probably should have stuck to my guns and become a veterinarian. I love cats, but uh, well, to be honest, I wanna, yeah, I don't want to make anybody angry. I've had many uh, over the years. And if you make me pick one or the other, I'll, I'll take a dog, but, well, uh, right. but Either I do, way. I do love cats. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Okay, let's talk a little bit. So let's let, let's assume that someone, you know, because we have listeners, and you often see listeners saying, "I want to get an airbrush for the first time." I want to let's mm -hmm. let's kind of start with the basics, and then if we have time, maybe we'll talk a little bit about acrylic paint. Sounds good. Sounds and good. Uh, we'll go there. So off you go, sir. And okay. If, if you want, we'll just stick our hand up if we any of us have a question, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Sounds good. So let's just think about uh, you're sitting down at your bench there. You're going to do some painting. And whatever, whatever paint you're going to use, be it acrylic or lacquer, here are some basic tips that you, you'll find, hopefully you'll find handy. So you sit down, you put your, your, your brush on the, in its holder there. Take some of the thinner or whatever you're going to be painting and put in the paint cup and let it sit for two or three minutes, maybe five minutes, before you add paint. And what you're doing there is you're allowing that thinner to percolate through all the threads and all the little nooks and grannies and crannies and galleys and stuff throughout the entire brush. And the idea is you would rather have those little nooks and crannies flooded with thinner versus paint when you first put mm -hmm. paint into the airbrush. So putting thinner in the brush and letting it sit for a couple of minutes is an investment in having a much easier cleanup on the back end. You know, let's take just for just for a second, let's take the opposite. If you don't put any thinner in there, you go right to the paint like I did for years. So I started trying this trick and realized, wow, this really is makes cleaning, you know, a big difference. You go right to the paint. You're introducing paint to dry metal. And of mm. course, it's going to stick. So right. so put a little thinner in there. Put the brush in your in your in your holder. Let it sit for, for a couple of minutes. Blow that thinner out. And now you're going to be left with, you know, no thinner in the paint cup. So you won't be diluting your whatever your paint is coming in. But at least all the metals and thread and everything, threading and every stuff in the brush will be filled with thinner. So that's step number one. Okay. Add thinner before paint. 
then let's go ahead. Let's say you go ahead and add your paint, you dial in your pressure, you're shooting away. Everything's all grand with the world and you don't watch what you're doing and you run the brush dry. And the moment you run out of paint and you hear that, right? Mm -hmm. That's the sound of paint drying to the inside of your airbrush. <laughs> mm, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you're airbrushing every once in a while, Take a moment, look inside that paint cup. If it's starting to get low, add more paint. Again, it's an investment on the back end of having a very quick and easy cleanup, right? You know, mm -hmm. versus spending hours or having to break the brush down. And just mm -hmm. as a brief digression, if you follow some of these suggestions that we're going through right now, you won't end up having to break your brush down every time. And I, I say it to a lot of guys and they go, ah, oh, that guy's full. That just needs I've been breaking my brush down every time for 20 years. And you, well, you can do that. Uh -huh. <laughs> I that's a quick way though, to, to broken parts. Yeah. Broken threads. Yeah. And yeah. If, if you don't need to do it, like the tolerances are so tight on these fine devices, right? Right. But, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I think it here, it comes out there. That's exactly right. That's what, yeah. And all, all the threads are so fine. And every time you're, you're tightening on them, you know, you're, you're doing a little damage. So anyway, I've had a lot of guys who broke the brush down religiously every time, try mm. these couple little tricks here and they send me an email and I go, Hey, I'm not having to break my brush down. No, no, and it's it's much easier on you and the brush. So it it makes sense because I always remember, you know, I don't break mine, but I still have, I still get in the habit when I switch from metallic to non-metallic. I still break it down. Sure, and even though, yeah, it makes sense. Sure, and you know what? If you now, I'm not saying don't break your brush down. Let's mm -hmm. say for a second you're shooting a Mustang, you're shooting AK Extreme Metallic Aluminum, and you're just rocking and rolling, and you run that brush dry. Yeah, and unfortunately. You ran it dry with a metallic mm. versus running it dry with a paint, which you might right. be able to get away with if you do mm -hmm. the three soaks trick, which we're going to come into now. But if it's a metallic and maybe your next step in the building process is a flat coat, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. probably want to break that Hummer down okay. and get that metallic right. out. So, but anyway, so second, second suggestion is don't ever let the brush run dry. Now, let's say you've done painting your model and you have a half a cup of, of paint left, you know, don't point it at the cat. Don't, <laughs> don't sorry guys, or the dog. Um, or the dog. Don't point the airbrush at the garbage can and let go until you hear that. Wah! Right. You know, you, now you've made more work for yourself. Go ahead and decant that uh, paint in hopefully into a, a container from model paint solutions <laughs> and put your screw cap on that thing and put that Hummer back on the shelf and that paint will be ready to go next time you need it. But you didn't right. run the, uh, the brush dry, right? So now you have removed the paint. You've, you've, you've finished your painting and now it's time to do cleanup. So what I suggest here is again, sticking with the idea of never letting the brush run dry. The first thing I do is I'll take a, a tissue or multiple uh, uh, Q-tips and I'll get most of the paint out of the paint cup. Mm -hmm. That's where a lot of the paint is, is in the bottom of the paint cup and sticking mm -hmm. to the inside of the paint cup, especially if you're shooting an acrylic and you get the little acrylic, you know, boogers mm -hmm. that, uh -huh. that the dried paint on the inside, get all that with a, don't worry about the paint inside the, the, the airbrush at this stage. Cause remember it's wet. 
And as long as you keep it wet, it's going to come right out when you hit it with some thinner. So mm -hmm. I'll, I'll clean the, the paint cup out as best I can. And then I'll put some of my cleaner or my thinner, whatever you're using, I'll put that in there. Now, I'm going to try to describe this next trick. And I, I, I introduced this trick to a good friend of mine uh, here in Seattle, and he flipped for it. And so far, everybody who's used it loves it. And I'm going to try to describe how, how I do this. So after I put thinner uh, or cleaner in the paint cup and blow that out, right, I'll put some more thinner in there in the paint cup. Now, imagine in your mind a cylinder and a piston going up and down. Right. Imagine the paint cup being the cylinder and imagine the ball of your thumb, the meat of your thumb being the piston. Okay. So mm -hmm. What you can do, I'm tempted to grab a brush because you are on guys in video and you can actually see this. But what you can do is grab the brush, pull the lever back. That's important. Pull the lever mm -hmm. back. And then with your other, other uh, hand, use the ball of your thumb and push down with three quarters of a paint cup, you know, full of thinner, push down and you will see a stream of solid thinner come right out the no nozzle and right out the, uh, around the needle. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like a jet wash, hmm. you know, as opposed to blowing it where you've got a mixture of air, you know, you can just take this whole column of thinner, blow it right out the, the, the nozzle with the little piston trick with your thumb, right? Mm -hmm. And then make sure you still have some thinner in there, work the lever back and forth vigorously. And this is the point where we get to what I call three soaks. And the idea is you put that paint or paint cup or uh, you put that thinner or cleaner in the paint cup. You then put the brush in its, in its cradle, work the lever aggressively, and then go away for five minutes and do a decal. Okay. And then come back, blow that out, fill it up a second time, a second five minutes, second decal, come back, blow that out. Do that three times, five minutes each time. What you'll find is that those five-minute incubations, if you will, allow whatever paint that's that's solidified inside the brush to go back into solution. Mm. And it's much easier to let it go back into solution with time just sitting up against thinner versus having to take the parts out and actually scrub the paint out. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense, yeah. And there's one more trick you can do there, and that is do the three soaks in a shot glass. Well, can I have can I have two shot glasses? One for my whiskey and one oh, for don't the... mix them up. <laughs> don't mix them up for God's sakes. Don't mix up the paint water. But you can't if you get a shot glass and you get the kind of shot glass that has a heavy glass bottom, so there's some yeah. weight to it, right? Mm -hmm. And you're and you can take some of your thinner or your cleaner, and especially if you're using a pencil style airbrush, mm -hmm. um, you can set that down nose down first. If you have the guard on the air cap, the needle mm -hmm. will be protected, right? Yep. And you can set the brush down in this shot glass for your three soaks. Then if you stop mm -hmm. and think about it, you've got thinner in the paint cup, thinner in the column or in the, the, the hole, all the way down to the air cap where the needle, mm -hmm. you got the thinner submerged or the needle submerged in thinner. Now, if you submerge the air cap in the shot glass, you yep. have the outside of the nozzle submerged in thinner as well. Yep. You know what I've key, done? Key parts of it. Yeah, you know what I've done in the past? I've, I've, it's like a trick I learned for soaking old paintbrushes where you use like a clothespin. I've taken a clean cup, put some thinner in, you know, put the airbrush, clipped it on with a clothespin so it's just above yeah. and done that too. So, yeah, similar idea. Yeah, cool. that's a neat idea. That's a neat idea. Um, 
So, you know, that, that, the three soaks method, whether you do the shot glass or not, just doing the three soaks, right? Mm -hmm. So now you've, you've done your three soaks, you, you blow the brush out. The last thing I like to put through the brush is the Tamaya pink top airbrush cleaner. Yep. You know, it's, it's a lacquer, so it doesn't smell real good, but I usually put a half a cup of that in there. I'll work the lever. I'll pull the lever back. I keep saying, pull the lever back before you do the piston, the piston, the thumb piston trick. Mm -hmm. Because mm-hmm. if you fail to pull the lever back first and then you push down, that pressure is going to go back against the master mm-hmm. seal. Mm-hmm. Right. So as long as you pull the lever back first, he says for the seventh, eighth time, pull the lever mm-hmm. back, then do the piston. All the pressure will go down and towards the front of the brush, not the back of the brush. Mm-hmm. So interesting. interesting. So I'll, I'll let that sit uh, pink top. I'll blow mm-hmm. that out. And then I get to what I kind of like to call the lawn dart maneuver. <laughs> <laughs> what could possibly go wrong here? What could oh, possibly oh, go oh, wrong? <laughs> <laughs> but before right. we get to the lawn dart maneuver, I know we're limited on time, but real quick, why the lawn dart maneuver? This, this came up because I had a very good friend of mine in Seattle who builds for the Museum of Flight. And yes. What kept happening was she was switching from one uh, type of paint, lacquer, to acrylic, and she was having it turn into cottage cheese on her. She couldn't figure out why. And uh, really what, what was going on there and what happens with any of these, these brushes, you know, any of these pencil style brushes or even, you know, a, a, a pistol grip, is you've got the needle going through a master seal. And what can happen is thinner, especially because it's, you know, it's very, you know, it's a very low viscosity. It'll wick onto the backside of the master seal and it'll stay there. Mm-hmm. And so when you're, you blow that brush free and you, you don't get any more thinner coming out of the brush and you think it's dry, it may not be because there's mm-hmm. going to be some thinner on the back of the master seal. There's also little, you know, you know, little, little areas within the brush threading and stuff that's still mm-hmm. going to be retaining some of that thinner. So. I'll take the brush when I think I'm done. I'll take the brush in my throwing hand (laughs) and I'll pretend that I'm going to lawn dart the thing into the floor right in front of my feet, but I don't let it go. That's that's remember that second part. Important part. Don't Don't let it go. go. Pretend you're not responsible for that. You're trying to pretend you're trying to flick water off the tip of the brush, which actually (laughs) you're trying to do. Right. Mm -hmm. So three or four hard, you know, lawn darts. And then hook mm-hmm. it back into your air. You're going to be surprised how much thinner comes out of that brush when you 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 were for sure convinced yeah. it was dry. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we this will also be a good time to mention you you do do you do do airbrush repairs. I Just do. Saying. I do. <laughs> Every I had to, day. I had to put it in there. I had to put it in there. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Uh, I, and that's yeah. important. I should I should mention that because I get to see. All of these brands, be it Awada, Badger, uh, yeah. uh, Harder Steenbeck, Grex, I get to see what they look like on the back <laughs> of the Master Seal. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you get. I'm sure some stories you could tell. Yeah, names have been changed to protect the guilty. <laughs> but that's about it for just basic handling um, okay. and some, some pointers that can be used for either lacquers or acrylics. So let me ask you one one question because I'm a I'm a Badger guy. I've got a couple of Badger brushes. Mm-hmm. Um, is airbrush lube a thing? <laughs> I'm just asking because you see it. You see it out there. You're talking about that green alien stuff. That well, super lube? okay. 
Well, you know, whatever. Yeah. No, no. Badger makes their own brand. Yeah. Is it just glycerin or something? Yeah. So. Is it needed? Is it needed? You can tell I'm just having having a hard time with this right now. Um, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, so many, so many voices are screaming in my head right now. Yeah, yeah. We ask, we, we ask yeah. the challenging questions here on the podcast. I see that. Not like those guys in Kentucky. And I'm on video too. It's a little unnerving. Um, I know that's okay. So no one, else, no one else sees the video. I keep telling you, we all <laughs> faces for radio. There's a reason. Let me say emphatically, no. Okay. Okay. All right. I can't say it enough, and I know I'm going to okay. make some guys angry. But I cannot say it enough. No. If you're having a needle that's binding, Mm -hmm. even after you have it in thinner, I would say let's look at what the mechanical issue is that's causing the needle to bind versus covering it up with green goo. I know I'm going to torque some people off. Um, (laughs) So that's number one. I can't tell you of how many times I've had to clean a brush or repair a brush and dig that crap out of it with a toothpick because it gets gets everywhere. It dries, Mm -hmm. not to mention Mm -hmm. the fact that it all also is, here's the chemist talking now, it's also something that isn't necessarily meant to be in paint mm-hmm. right yeah, yeah that's the thing that i always thought yeah you know you're you're adding it into your paint and air mix right yeah exactly now I, I for the listeners i i held up a bottle of the super lube <laughs> that everyone has i have two of those bottles i really like it on not anywhere near the needle per se but in my trigger okay. and in the in the i like it to because sometimes that gets a little thick and it gets I, dirty i am so glad you asked me about yeah. that and that's something i probably should have added earlier is is um to lube or not to lube talking about the airbrush guys to <laughs> to, to lube or not to lube that is sure. the question <laughs> and there's our episode title tonight <laughs> <laughs> so much for the rated G yet again. <laughs> so here's the deal. Um, okay. When you look at the average airbrush, it has a lever, it has it has a needle, it has a chuck, right? Those are metal pieces working on metal pieces, mm-hmm. right? Only in airbrush circles have I heard it described, oh, you can't lube. Yeah, I've been lubing my airbrushes ever since I started as a wee baby modeler with a Badger 200 single action. Mm-hmm. I would lube the working parts of the brush and I do it with, I used to use WD-40, which is good stuff, um, mm-hmm. but I prefer Ballastol. 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 Yeah, and you can get it at, uh, at at sporting goods stores and you can get it at some hardware stores. And actually a good friend of mine, a good shout out to Blaine Singleton, he was the one that introduced this to me. He's a fireman, retired fireman. And he had used it on gear or something prior, and I tried it and just flipped. Um, it's a very light oil, like a WD-40, but it tends to hang around a little bit longer. And I will put some in a small container, and I'll take a toothpick, and I'll put put the toothpick in the oil and just let it soak, right, mm-hmm. until it's just saturated. And then I'll take that toothpick out and kind of rub it on the metal parts. That way you don't take a drop and put mm-hmm. it on the lever assembly, which is usually on most brush brushes above the air valve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So you, you just don't want that. You just take this 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 oil, light oil, you know, saturated toothpick, rub it around on the parts where you want, you know, the lubricant. It makes a world's difference. And anytime I'm doing fine line where I really need, like, say, a millimeter wide or less fine mm-hmm. line, 
before I start working, you know, on that model, I'll take a moment and put a little bit of lube, especially I use almost all harder Steenbeck, especially on the lever group, you know, which is the metal to metal. I'll lube all that, that group down. And it makes, it makes a huge difference for how smooth. You want that smooth action, right? And, yeah. and uh, yeah, that's so what this you want. Feels good, and it's not in the brush isn't in your way. No, right? no, you shouldn't be fighting the brush. If you're fighting the brush, then you know there's there's an issue. So, so you know, right. take us take a step back and reconfigure your brush either lever wise or tip size wise or whatever. Yeah, you shouldn't be fighting it. Yeah, that's you know, and then that's that's awesome. I'm glad I asked the question. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. Okay. So, Terry, do you have any questions at this point? We're still going here. Yeah, Terry, you really dominated the conversation, man. <laughs> he, he does that. Yeah. He's soaking it all I in. The He's, guys like ask questions. He's like yeah. a sponge. He's like a sponge. You know. Now, so. for, for Metallics, I have an older airbrush. It's not a detail brush, but that that's all I run through that one. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I've got the same thing. I've You know, being a dealer, I get them pretty cheap. So, yeah. I, you know, I have a... <laughs> so yeah, I, I have numerous... So but, I've, uh, I've got an evolution that, that I use just for metallics and uh, a revolution. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. That's no evolution. Harder Steenbeck. Evolution. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a question. That's interesting. Oh. I've never divided out uh, like having a second brush for metallics. You, and you don't have, to. I mean, it's, you don't yeah, have it, to? it seems like a good no. practice. It's no. just an older one that I, yeah, I, I'm not that happy with it. Um, so it does fine for broader coverage, and most yep. of the time when I'm doing metallic, it's a broad coverage. Yeah. yeah. So and, you know, yeah. and I've, I've, I've gotten this question before, and you know what? Not everybody has sufficiently deep pockets, right? Mm -hmm. to have yeah. to have a brush for each thing. If you are in that situation, um, it's handy because you then you know you can clean that brush out to ninety eight percent, and never have to worry about having a clear coat turn into a pearl coat. So mm -hmm. I almost ended up with the only pearl coated Spitfire one time, and cool. After that, the show yeah, that would have been see something. How that would be motiv motivating to take that route? Like a, but but just think of all the fun you could have pissing off all all, all the judges. Oh yes, oh yes. You know, um, but you know, uh, I think it's a good idea. Again, if you can afford it, um, to to set up a side just for metallics, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I've got an old Badger 150 the side feed. I still use for the odd time for that. Yep. Um, and it works. Yep. Okay, let's let's get on. Let's 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 continue with part two after the basics. Okay. So we're, we're so talking we're gonna, acrylics. Yeah, let's let's talk a bit about acrylics because you know it's all about me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I've been actually been I've actually been I'm an old Tamiya guy for years. Tamiya acrylics because my wife has asthma, so I try and avoid the smelly stuff when I can, even though I have a paint booth. Yep. But I've uh, you know I use the uh, the model leveling thinner with it. But I've recently also I've done the Aqueous. We can get Aqueous in Canada again, and I use that, which I know essentially turns it into a lacquer. But I've also just started playing around with the AK, the Gen 3 acrylics. Yes. Um, you know, and and again, they're like a true acrylic. And again, just playing with them, getting, as you say, you have to play with it, work with it. Mm -hmm. You know, paint mules are awesome. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, I I know on your website, you mentioned Vallejo. You mentioned their, 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 their AK lacquer line. Have you played with the the Gen 3 acrylics yet? I have. I've shot them a little bit uh, uh, just at my bench and for a customer that, that wanted to mm -hmm. learn how to use them. And I've got a, a project I'm doing right now. I'm doing a uh, B-17 for the Museum of Flight here in Seattle as part of a display. Okay. And I'm going to shoot that in uh, third gen, you know, so I can actually do a project with it. But I like it. That's a very mm -hmm. nice handling acrylic. But, you know, anytime you start talking about acrylics in general, 
versus lacquers or enamels, one of the first things to think about is the drying time. And that's mm -hmm. one of the reasons that people like acrylics because they're, you know, they dry fast, especially if you, you help them along with, with a, with a, a hairdryer, mm -hmm. um, they dry fast. Um, but that is also their weakness. They dry too fast. And because mm -hmm. they dry too fast, especially guys that run the acrylic too thick, um, they run into a lot of tip dry. They run into dry mm -hmm. over spray. Um, they run into clogging. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's two things happening there. Number one, the paint's usually too thick to begin with. Mm -hmm. Right. And number two, let's say, and you know, I don't want to get too, too, uh, tangentized here, but let's say, this is why I don't go on Facebook. Let's say, <laughs> here you go. Here's right here. You got a guy who's shooting Vallejo and he's got it, you know, dialed into let's say yeah. 30%. And he's using thinner and it just mm -hmm. works like the bomb, right? Mm -hmm. And he's mm -hmm. in Miami and it's raining yep. outside. Yeah. Right. And he goes mm -hmm. on Facebook and says, this is what I'm using. This is the cat's butt. And there's nothing better. You know, you got to try it. And Sven. <laughs> <laughs> Sven, Our buddy Sven. Sven. Yeah, we know Sven. He's a good guy. Why not? Sven's a nice guy, yeah. but you know, Sven's it's cold. Nice it's cold with it's Sven. It's cold where he right? is. Yeah. So he's yeah. had the heater up to 11 for the last 12 days, right? And mm -hmm. the humidity in his shop is down to zero, mm -hmm. right? Versus rainy Miami, right? right? He mixes up the same mix. It handles horribly. Mm -hmm. And he goes on the Facebook and says, I did the same thing and mine handled horribly. Yeah. And yep. if it usually yep. goes the way it goes on Facebook, am I tipping my hand? <laughs> the first guy will go, well, that's because you did it wrong. Yeah, no. yeah, I know. We we, we never <laughs> see arguments on Facebook, do we? They're terrible. Not the place for nuance, right? Not the place. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, th that's one of the things to consider when, you, when you're dealing with acrylics is they're going to dry faster. And one of the mm -hmm. ways you can address that is adding uh, a, a, a retarder. Mm -hmm. You know, a drying retarder or a flow agent, also called a wetting mm -hmm. agent. Mm -hmm. And I, I again, um, on my site, Model Paint Solutions. Um, <laughs> dot com. <laughs> dot com. Um, I have Liquitex Flow Aid and Slow Dry. And I went with those two because I've used them for a long, long time at my bench. Mm -hmm. And I've used them with many different acrylics, and they work really well. Now, that's okay. not to say that similar reagents by Vallejo or MIG or AK, because, God, 10 years ago, Liquitex was the only game in town, if you want it yep. really. Mm -hmm. Now, everybody yep. and his brother has a retarder and a flow agent, right? Yeah. All of them work roughly the same. Mm -hmm. So if you go to my site and I say I'm shooting Vallejo and in my thinner, before I add anything, you know, to any, pen, any paint and thinner are combined, I take some Vallejo thinner and I add Liquitex Flow Aid and Liquitex Slow Dry each to 5% to the thinner ahead of time. And that's my stock thinner. Okay. And then I'll go and dilute the Vallejo. Now, if I'm diluting Vallejo Air, which they say has been um, diluted and ready to brush... No, no, it's not. It's so it's it's too thick in the yeah, miniature painting area. It's kind of diluted almost to the point where you would hand brush with it. Yeah. And they almost. add a little bit of glaze yeah. medium to it. Yeah. It hand brushes wonderfully. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. what I find air, is don't even bother with the full strength stuff anymore. What no. I find is with the air, I like to dilute it about 30%. So it's 70% air and 30 to 40% mm -hmm. thinner. 
Mm-hmm. And if I'm using a Vallejo color, which is, of course, way thicker, it's almost perfectly reversed. It's 20 or 30 percent right. paint. And, you know, the balance of that would be thinner. It's funny you mentioned that, uh, you know, we had the we had the two guys in two different locations and I've mentioned it briefly too but yeah it is so important we've talked about to have a paint mule anytime i always encourage people to try a, a new line of paint especially you got a lot of guys now testers humbro we're not going to be able to get in canada soon um you know it's worth trying but try it on a paint mule play around with it when vallejo first came out i had the you know this was before the air i had the devil of a time dialing it in mm-hmm. like tamia tamia i can do with my eyes closed mm-hmm. practically other than their yellow and their white which is you know always require a little Ooh, bit of work to me a white i know Ooh. i know anyway you as you know yeah it requires Ooh. a little bit more you gotta you gotta turn the brain on but you know it wasn't until i played with it for quite a while and i got the ratio and this is what i found with the with the Gen 3 thinner, and I also got some of their real color la- 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 lacquer. But again, before I even put a drop on the actual kit, mm-hmm. I played around with it, tried some different mediums. I always like trying the manufacturer's thinner anyway, yeah. just 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 to see. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I do that. But it was funny, when I did the AK, I did a full test. And, you know, one of the things I was very surprised with, I, I added a bit of the Leo Flow Improver to it. Yeah the AK Gen 3, and it's beautiful. Yeah. It just adds an extra little bit. Yeah. You know, people don't believe you, but I also put in the article, I said, you've got to play with it. What works for me will not work for you, maybe. I have not met an acrylic yet that doesn't benefit from a little bit of flow aid, especially, mm-hmm. and maybe even mm-hmm. a little bit of... I have not met one yet that doesn't benefit yeah. from it. They, that doesn't yeah. exist. Yeah. It doesn't. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. So that's the first thing, you know, dealing with acrylics is add, you know, think about adding some flow, um, some flow or wetting agent. Add, think about adding retarder. Think about decreasing maybe your, your dilution. A lot of guys, for some reason, when they first start shooting paints in general, they, they, they land on 50% paint just because it seems like 50% paint, 50% yep. thinner. And it's too thick for a lot of paints. Mm-hmm. 50% paint is too thick. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the fact that we haven't even talked about doing fine line versus doing general versus mm-hmm. doing clear coats or primers. Mm-hmm. And if you really want to get the best that your brush has to offer you, you probably want to change the dilution of paint that you're using if you're going to be shooting a fine line yeah. versus mm-hmm. the paint that you're going to use if I'm shooting the wheel well of a P40 or the landing gear of a P40 where I just want coverage. Mm-hmm. Right? In which case, I'm going to be thinking about 30 or 40 percent paint, depending on the uh, on the the brand. If it's just general spraying, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm doing fine line again, depending on the brand of paint. I'm going to cut that down to between 10 to 20 percent paint. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, try it on paint meal first. Case. Yeah, and you know, and, and just just to cycle back, if I could, to the paint meal. Paint meals are great, but what I what I'll what I also suggest doing is if you can just get a sheet of styrene. Mm-hmm. And when you start your model, you know, take that styrene, put the same primer that you got your, you mm-hmm. on your model. When you go back to our P40, when you do the OD green, put the OD green on your piece of styrene. When you put your gloss coat, put it on your styrene. Excellent you, tip. You've got the same layers of paint yeah. on your, yeah. your styrene. And then when it gets to that point at the end of the, not end of the model, but at the end of the finishing process, or I should say the beginning of the decal process, mm-hmm. when you go to put the decals on this finish, that looks perfect. <laughs> but you don't know if that finish is going to be good against Solvacet, 
or Microset mm -hmm. or Microsol mm -hmm. or Mr. Setter, Mr. Softer, whatever you're using, whatever decals you're using. So go back to that sheet of styrene that has all the same layers of paint in the same order that your model does and test your decal solvents on that. Excellent tip. Excellent tip. Good. Excellent good point. Tip. All right. That's going to be a good point to end it for now. All right. Now, now we always ask our guests, because we're going to have, we're going to have you back anyway, but we always ask the same standard two questions. Okay. So we always ask what's currently on your bench. What's currently on my bench. Um, I'm doing the 48 scale Tamaya Yag Tiger mm -hmm. in an ambush scheme. Okay. And um, second to that is the Ravel of Germany, a B-17F in the uh, library of the green hornet that's going to look nice for the museum yeah yeah that'll look great well you'll have to send us some pictures and we'll add them to the show notes definitely, definitely. the other question we always ask and this is good because you're not mm -hmm. only a, ho a hobbyist in the thing but you're also part of the industry where do you see the industry in five to ten years oh goodness well i mean that's mm. I know. It, you know what? There's no right or wrong answer. I'm just yeah. curious what your thoughts are. Uh, what I well, first off, 3D printing is going to be everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, and we're going we're going to end up with kits that are almost entirely 3D printed before it's before mm -hmm. it's over, right? Mm -hmm. So techniques for removing parts from 3D lattices that's okay. going to play a, a bigger part in future modeling techniques than it does right now. And I'm tackling right now. I'm tackling a 3D printed Cetabria. Um, mm. always, I was, I was fortunate to own a, uh, 1946 champ. I've always wanted to do, you know, civilian, nice. civilian style air. And this is the closest I can get. And just mm -hmm. getting, just getting it out of the lattice work without damaging it was a new set of skills for me. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think 3d printed parts is going to be something we're going to have to deal with. And let's face it, you know, um, I don't see a lot of youngsters at any of the meetings No, and the youngsters I do see at the meetings are doing Gundams. Mm-hmm. So that's I, where the market is. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we are definitely going to have you back, sir. Great. Thank you for the awesome tips. And see, this is what I love. I've heard all your stuff on the other podcasts, but I still learn, I still new, learn new things. And I'm sure my fellow host has as well. Uh, any other questions, gentlemen, before we like, let this guy like go? John saved all the best bits for us. Right? <laughs> of course. Of course he did. You of know, course he did. It's the video, guys. I'm just I'm just it's, feeding see? off the energy. We we, we do video. They don't do video. See, that's that's a mistake. Oh, okay. yeah. I'm going to actually know. take take this up with Mike and Dave. Yeah. That's a mistake. I know. I'm just saying. I mean, yeah. We're not, re not going to share it, but uh, you well, got to yeah, we, we, we like it when we talk. It's good because yeah. you kind of yeah. pick up off, off each other's nuances and stuff like that. And video is the future. Agreed. But I I suspect that both Mike and Dave do the show. Well, I don't know if they're wearing any pants, to be honest with you. So uh, I don't want to go there. No, let's not <laughs> even go I'm there. Just, I'm tell. just saying it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you can imagine when, 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 when Jim joins them, right? Oh. The silliness just, yeah. See, no. I'm trying not to imagine <sighs> that. So <laughs> I know. Well, I keep hearing a vicious rumor that one or both of them may end up, may end up in Hamilton at Heritage Con too, so. Ooh, you know, I'm well, just, I'm just saying, yeah, like I said, they're going to, they might try and directly bribe the judges, but we'll be happy to have them up here and show them, <laughs> show them some Canadian hospitality. I love it. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I enjoyed exactly. it guys. Thanks. All right. An absolute pleasure, John. I'll be in touch with you in, 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 in the new year. That sounds good. You guys enjoy. All right. Evening. We'll yeah, talk to you later. To meet bye. You. bye. Right, Same. Bye. Same. We'll bring it back. Okay. Bye. So we're going to, we're going to talk a little bit about what's on our bench and Anthony, I'm going to start with you because it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been, uh, I think last time I mentioned, 
I am uh, trying to attack all my shelf queens and the projects that have gotten away from me. So I, I'm still on that track. Um, it's come along. I, 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 I'm pleased to report some, some good progress. Nothing. I did finish one uh, Gundam kit last, last month. So I'm mm-hmm. happy about that. And that was one that was, oh boy, it was one of the early high grade kits. So it probably came out 20 years ago. So there okay. you go. One, that's one off the, awesome. well, actually, actually in my, in my space, it shuffles from one shelf to the other. It's like a, a shelf of started projects, <laughs> and then a, a shelf of finished ones because I don't have a oh, proper man. display. Yeah. Yeah. Display case. But uh, yeah, I have the next one that's really come and do is my, um, my VF4G Lightning from Macross, very close. I'm I'm just doing decals. Good. Uh, I was trying to do a Sundowner um, homage. Yep. It looks and, good though. Yeah, uh, thank you. And, and and I had a bit of a mishap with the. Uh, I mean, don't don't tell anyone. I told you this. <laughs> It'll be our secret. So you, everyone knows what the Sundowner looks like, and yeah. I just mean you guys know what it looks like. So I painted it all red, and then huh? I. I had I, I couldn't find decals to fit this thing, right? For the life of me, so I just found a picture and like shrunk it down and then cut yeah. my own masks. Yeah. So then that was a lot of work, and then I painted uh, red, the whole thing red, and they put white on it, mm-hmm. as, as one does. As one <laughs> and does. Then, <laughs> and, and I actually thought it turned out okay. Yeah. But it was it ended up being pretty thick, and then I was trying to make my own masks for the. N and the J. Right. And I thought I would just make four masks, right? One yeah. for the shadow, yeah. one for the main color. Makes and sense. And I couldn't, I just couldn't get it to work. It was like not, mm-hmm. it was just kind of bleeding all over the place. It, just, right. it was too right. thick. I couldn't, I couldn't get enough layers on there to actually yeah. show up. Right. <clears throat> so I, had, I just had to sand, sand them down and redo the, 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 the sun, the sun pattern. Yeah. Yep. And now I'm going to, I'm going to do some, I'm going to, Go back to decals. I'm gonna make something work. All right. What <sighs> scale is that? Uh, seventy second scale. Let me have a look. Yeah. Did I not give you? Did I? Was that one of the sheets I gave you? You yes, yeah. You gave okay. Me, that's what I was thinking. Okay. Yeah. You gave me a sheet, but it was forty eighth scale. So I actually, was did it forty eighth? Okay. Yeah. That's so what I, I was thinking of. Okay. I took I'll double dec- check. Yeah, I took the decals mm-hmm. and I I scanned them and then I right. Okay. Printed it, shrunk, yeah. shrunken to the right. correct kind of the sizing I needed because it's a fictional plane, right? Right, mm-hmm. right. So, and then I just cut it out, and it was great because uh, the old memory tape, it yeah. kicks in once in a while. Yeah. I knew, I knew there was something, and I, I was thinking, was that the one I gave him or not? But, but cool. But no, it looks great. You showed us briefly pre pre show. Yeah. All the picture looks, there on the show notes yeah, for the definitely, listeners. Definitely. And I'm happy. Really, it's really very, good. it's 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 sliding into home right now, which is there what I said. Go. It's it's great, and then uh, I mean the next thing I think I have on the go is my type type uh, type eighty nine Japanese IFE, which I I've got painted, and I mm-hmm. put on the there's a few decals there, so I've got the placards on, and I've glossed them, and I put it back in the box, so I kind of hit a plateau, mm-hmm. put it away, get the next one out, kind of move it, advance it a good step. That's nothing wrong with that. Put it nothing away until I can that. cycle through these uh, eleven kits. Eleven kits. Don't tell me when I tried to put white over red. I won't say a shh. secret safe with us. No one, well, better. no one listens to this, right? No, no. We'll, be fine. we'll be fine. Okay, Terry, what do you have on your bench? Oh, it, it's all about what's going to be off of my bench. That's true. <laughs> yes, excellent. 
So uh, the Turbo Cavalier Mustang, the Pito, the um, Master, um, whatever Master models or what have you, the Turn Brass stuff. I, I wanted to get a real Pito tube on the thing, so I got that, installed it, painted it. Um, I can call it done now. I just need to take pictures of it. Very cool. Excellent. Yeah. Um, and the P43, I'm calling done. Uh-huh. Uh, it looks good enough. Uh, that'll be done, and I'll get, now I have to find space for them in my in my that cabinet. The way. Isn't that almost the way? Yeah, I know. Shove I've got more stuff toward the back. Uh, I got one cabinet <laughs> left, and that's yeah, exactly. And it's a small one. You gotta you get to that point where you gotta start deciding: do they go into boxes or the old stuff just? Oh, go I, out? I did that earlier this year. Put a bunch of stuff into a crate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then you decide. So. Um, what else? The so other you... uh, Christmas birds are done. Yes. So mm-hmm. since this won't be released till right about when I'm down visiting my parents, I can let people know that this year was a belted kingfisher. Very nice. Well, I'll make sure That's I won't awesome. release it till Sunday morning. Does that work for you? Sounds great. Okay. We won't. I sometimes release Saturday night, but I won't release till Sunday morning. Great. So embargoed, embargoed yes. until, and they look great. Thanks. Yeah, well done. Awesome. Jeff Jeff also complimented. He saw that. He said, poor fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, occasionally I'll do a, you know, a little bit of behavior. I did the flicker, and it was uh, it was looking at some ants, about to eat some ants and that kind of thing. Uh, Kingfisher without a fish is just, it's incomplete. So right, the, right. the minnow was actually a lot of fun to do. Yeah. Well, exactly. No, it looked, it looked really good. I was really... Really pleased. You always do a great job. It's something different, which is cool. Yep. And I know you say your family loves loves getting them now. Yep. There's that. There's that expectation. <laughs> it is. You know, the, the package comes like, what is it this year? Yeah, yeah. Lord help you if it's late or you don't uh-huh. do it. <laughs> nice I always seem to run down enough. to the wire. Yeah. Yeah. No, they look good. I mean, you were working on them early this year, so you I, mentioned I did, that. And you, I, I mean, literally, just finishing this yeah. weekend, and that's a week yeah. before I'm going to be I giving know, but them away. You know what? So. But life, but you also had life events happen, so yes, that's simple. perfectly um, okay. Perfectly. So okay. to take a a break, I'm building some some aircraft for the Pacific build, the uh-huh. model airplane maker Pacific build. I'm being a, building a pair of Mitsubishi Babs. Uh-huh. Um, from fine molds and these are every bit as enjoyable as the ki-14 i built from it's looking good i saw the pictures already yeah Uh, i'm at the point now where i'm building engines and the one of them has the kind of the open cowl the Uh older version has the single bank open cowl so you'll see everything in there yeah that'd be nice Um, i'm not adding a lot of stuff i'm just doing what's in the box Mm-hmm. Cool. So, so Anthony, that 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 troublemaker we know from Ottawa, Chris Wallace, model mm-hmm. airplane maker, maker, he's doing a Pacific aircraft group build. Yep. As long as the aircraft saw the Pacific, you can build it. It's six months to do. I'm just saying, you know, not that I'm trying oh, to start anything. Not that I'm trying to. Yeah, not that I'm trying uh, to start yeah. anything, but you know, you know Chris I've never joined a group build. I've always been well, a really. I know. Like, I know. I'm the same. It's my own mental prison, but I know. But six months, <laughs> six months. It's all six Terry's months. fault. It's all Terry's yeah. fault. Terry sucked me in. You want, you he want something? I've got it. I'll send it to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like. I I'm pretty focused on the on the shelf queens, but yeah. Lo and behold, there's an, a crazy variety of stuff in it. I probably do. And he said anything yeah. as long as it's seen the Pacific. Aircraft. Pacific nineteen aircraft nineteen forty one to forty five. Yes. So it's got to be aircraft. Oh, okay. okay. You know, model no. airplane maker. I know. I know. He's I actually thinking. really, in, I do enjoy his blog, and I, I, I I've, I've kept up to date with that. I was enjoying. Well, his, his he is, he is, 
he is joining us again for Heritage Con. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So he's already booked his hotel room, so he will be there once again, and we'll have him in the hot I seat. I, I don't think I met him. I don't think you were. We we had him yeah. upstairs, but you were running around. So no, he was yeah. there. He did a guest spot. We'll make sure we make I'll, sure I'll we we have him. you up there. Definitely, he's yeah. a really good guy. Good, 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 good builder. I think I can, I think I was on after him. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you were running around. You were running I, around. Oh, I, you know, yeah, all your fans, all your fans were following oh, you. I saw well, I saw the groupies judging and. I, I had know. a bunch of entries. It was, it yeah. was uh, yeah. fantastic. No, yeah. That was an absolute great day. Okay, yeah. as for me, well, like, yeah. oh, there it is. Oh, there's one of them. There's one of them. Yeah, and that's fine, good. It's fine molds. Fine molds, yep. That's, yeah, he's got some pictures. Molds, he's got some pictures on his page. Oh, their new ones really are, are great. The KI-14. Check yeah. that out. That's the one with the, you can see all the framing on the inside. I'm looking at your pictures. Um, well, you can't see much. It's a very narrow, it's a very narrow cockpit opening. Mm-hmm. But the engine you can see all of. It's the great it's the grandfather of the zero. The wind rises, the plane from wind rises. Oh man, that's amazing. Yep, yeah, I okay. know exactly what you mean. Yeah. I would love to build one of those. It's all a, right, but if you're not careful, Terry, Terry, Terry will call you out like he did with me. He was he, he he said, Hey Stu, this is the link you might be interested in. Put us on Chris's page. And then Chris yeah. goes, Oh, okay. You know, so I'm just saying. <laughs> Just you were going to build something anyway. I know, so I know, but you know what? Yeah, because I'm like I'm normally a little bit like Anthony. I don't like group builds, but this is six months, and yeah. I was planning to do a bow fighter next. So yep. yeah. it's nice, nice, nice to get back to the World War II. Not that I, I have enough Spitfires to keep me going, mm-hmm. you know, until the cows come home. But that's fine. All right. You, anyways, there weren't Spitfires in the Pacific, were there? Oh yeah, Sea oh, Fires. Yeah. Yep, there was. Oh okay, okay. Yeah, I just oh, don't yeah. have a lot of. I didn't have a lot of RAA. Um, I didn't have any decal schemes, so I had this bow bow fighter. I got at Heritage Con a while back. Well, this mm-hmm. this nicely dovetails in. So anyway, yep. working on the one forty eight. Uh, to me, a bow, bow fighter it was pro- part of a dual kit I got uh, from uh, Dave from Hornet Hobbies a couple of Heritage Cons ago. Mm-hmm. Forty eight scale, nice looking kit, but I didn't have any Australian Air Force decals for it. So. Uh, Mike from our club, he was nice. Mike Hill was nice enough to provide me with a set of decals. There you go. So far, just starting to build it up. Looks good. I did play around, although I was sick, though. I caught the big COVID last week. So that just completely stopped the mojo in its tracks. Mm -hmm. You know, even when I was feeling when I wasn't sniffing and coughing, I look at the bench and go, no. <laughs> Brain's not there. Yeah, sometimes um, it's hard to just get, get going if you're if you're feeling it a little was. bit under the weather. Yeah. So I did do um so but I did do on the I've got the interior painted. I'm starting to paint up the cockpit and I did try something new I'd read about before because when I do some 48 scale spitfires, I normally have these little paper seatbelts that I got a while back and I want to get some more. But I've read about some people, they use Tamiya tape, the Tamiya tape, they double side mm-hmm. it so the sticky's inside and they'll either paint it themselves or, you know, whatever. But I, I thought, let me try putting the decal on. The decal is not bad. It comes with a decal for the landing gear or the landing gear, the seatbelts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've just done the observer seat right now. And so I, I put it down. I put the decal, laid it down on the double-sided Tamiya tape, um, and then put a a good coat of decal film on it just to protect it, Mm -hmm. Um, let it dry overnight, and then I trimmed it out. It's actually not bad. It's not bad, considering it's – I probably wouldn't pass the test if you wanted the cockpit open, but with this observer seat, you know, the the clear part's going to do a little bit of distortion. It does provide that little bit of more thickness, which the decal can't do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll throw some more pictures up of that. So that's good. That's a good idea. 
Yeah, so I'm really enjoying it. I've I haven't built a bow fighter since I was a kid. I built a 70 second scale one. So as I say, this is the 48th one. Nice looking size. Going to do the RAAF number 30 squadron. So that's a very popular squadron down there. So looking forward to doing that. Um, I've still got that little Bandai X wing, the one to one four four. One, the tiny one. I uh, didn't finish that yet. I still have to put the laser lances and some stuff on that. But again, nice little, nice little palette cleanser in, in between. So yeah, just been doing, just been doing that. Just will slowly getting better. So I'm hoping, you know, by by the holidays, I'll have some time to get some good, some good bench work in. Excellent. So we'll see what happens there. So yeah, so that's what's happening there. All right, let's talk a little bit about, even though we already talked about them before, our good friends, your good friends, and my good friend Sean's custom model tools. Let's let, let's hear what's going on. Now we're going to talk a bit about Sean's Custom Model Tools, one of our other sponsors of the Scale Model Podcast. Some very cool things, both 3D printed and the Goodman Super Sanding Blocks. Let's start with the Microset and Microsole Decal Set Bottle Stand. This is uh, purposely designed for the Microscale Set and Sole. Uh, most modelers over the years, they've tipped these bottles over. So uh, this is a very handy thing. At $14.95, you can uh, put them both together. They're printed in blue and red for easy identification. Comes with a black base, and they actually have little magnets on it, so it helps keep them in place. Definitely a good deal. I use mine all the time, and I can well recommend them. Let's talk a bit about those Goodman Model Super Sanding Blocks, namely the Value Pack Combo for $28.99. You get the 80 grit, 180 grit, 220, 320, 400, and 600. Uh, just an amazing set. Uh, just what you need. And you can also, uh, if you want, you can also get a, a sanding, super sanding block stand for it, which also uh, really makes life a little bit easier. Helps helps things keep it organized. The other thing too is they have they have the awesome model tape dispenser for uh, your various tapes it's basically a 3d printed thing you put spools of your tapes it's got a little razor blade to help uh, cut it and it's a uh, really really good design uh, so yeah works out really well and yours for $19.95 so check out these and other amazing deals at seanscustommodeltools.com and uh, also on facebook and tell them that the scale model podcast sent you all right Awesome, cool things. Don't forget, you know, we have the super secret 100th anniversary surprise good giveaway also by them. Check out our show notes at scale model at scalemodelpodcast.com to see some of the details there. All right, moving on. Things we've seen. A stunning Macross diorama. Is this, I think this is the one I found. Yeah, this one mm -hmm. just blew me away. This is from our good friend, Brett. Um, oh, which reminds me, Brett, my previous build before the X-Wing, I was building that Tomahawk, the mech that you gave me, Anthony. Mm -hmm. So I'm building that. It's an older kit, having a ball. And then Brett's building one of the Moscato custom resin ones and putting me up to shame. I got to give him heck sometime. It looked, it looked good. It looked really good. I'm just saying. But anyway, back yeah, to he's this. Doing a, he, he takes his time and does, he does a really And that's fine. He's a great builder. Yeah. I just I was just chuckling. It's like, sure, try to show me up. That's not going to be hard. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, so Brett posted this from our good friends at Return to Kit Form. He posted this on the 9th. Tell me this form of modeling isn't is an art. I don't know who the original builder is, but when I find out, I'll credit. Uh, oh, built by Twitter user Ann Coramati, yes, from the looks of it. This thing is a gear walk uh, in kind of the, what I call battleoid mode. 
And it looks like it's like artwork from a book, but it's actually a kit. And the way the display is, this thing is stunning. The way he's painted it, or she, I guess, might be she actually. Um, this is what a cool concept. Like, like this is just. You have to. Oh, there we go. Yeah, it's a Facebook link. Sadly, I'm going to look up the Twitter username. Oh yeah, they're out of they're out of Japan. Uh, that, 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 that. But just an absolutely gorgeous kit. Um, you know, absolutely the yeah. way they did it. Was it um, right in front? I don't see it. Oh, hang on. You know what? I found a better link for you. That needs this one in here. I have seen people do the um, like the cell shading painting on, um, especially yep. Macross stuff. Yeah, it looks eighties and it, it looks phenomenal. Lots of that's a very uh, it's sort of a common. Um, mm -hmm. Let's go to that link there. That's the, too. that's the builder's uh, Twitter account. If you scroll down about half a page, it's there. All right. Oh my goodness! Yeah, February twenty second. Look, just just so I'm just, seeing a lot of. Sh uh, oh, that's. Yeah, so that's the Gurwa kind of like the Gurwalk, yeah, floating above the. So that's the box art that they've recreated. Yeah, that's they've the taken, they've recreated the box that. art. Yeah, that's the seventy second Gurwalk of VF one J kit. Like it's the painting style. That first you yeah. look, you go, oh, it's box art, and then you go, no, wait a minute, that's so, a bloody kit. And that yeah. artist, his name is Tenjin, and he's okay. been he's uh, become fairly famous among uh, Macross builders and sci-fi okay? builders. Good he's done all the, the, Ma the Macross box art, like for like 20 years. Oh, like it's a wow. ton of kits. Yeah. And it, it's really, he's really good. He's he really has, uh, has put his own style to it and yep. uh, has, has really banged out these works of art. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's neat. It's you picked forced that one perspective. Out. It's in this kind of half shell. Yeah. yeah. So like, what, what do you call those uh, curves? There's a name for those curves or like they film tv shows uh, infinity force, curves infinity curves or force yeah. perspective or it's kind yeah. of got like that parabolic parabolic yeah. yeah yeah this is the way he's done it it's a beautiful display he's put on it there as you say it looks like a part of an egg and, so does uh, he have a smaller scale valkyrie to represent something yes. in the background two, yeah, two I think so. <laughs> yeah he's mixing scales like 200 and then i'm one of the miniatures i think yeah that's what it yeah. looks like to me that's it really just, that's hard yeah. to do and it looks yeah, really definitely good. the definitely the one up front's an actual kit. Yeah, just, that one's got to be seventy second for yeah. sure. Right, and then the know, third one in the way back is is from one of the miniatures games. Yeah, there right. Go. Yeah, that's very clever. That's yeah, really very, cool. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. Okay, the second thing under things we've seen a treasure trove of vintage eighties Macross and sci fi models discovered. This is this. Okay. This is something I found actually just today. Um, this is coming from Macross World, which is the best forum I think going today for uh, for the Macross modeling community, which is mm -hmm. I think fairly significant. Mm -hmm. Both uh, Terry and I, I think are yeah. I haven't been there as that. much as I used to be. Yeah, but you're still a big, big Macross fan. It's just really oh, yeah. it's almost its own genre. It is. Yeah. So this interesting thing came up. This is unbelievable, and I think even if you don't know what Macross is or you have no interest in that. The original series and all the model kits um, come from that golden mid eighties period. And so there's all these vintage kits. They're around. People have them in their closets. You give them to your buddies. You can find them at shows. They get repop. There's new models coming out all the time, but somebody uncovered a, like a massive stash 
of like brand like brand new factory packed boxes like from the mid 80s so yeah. new old Literally, stock factory packed factory sealed boxes of kits 100,000 right. kits 100,000 kits yeah um it was from a guy who i guess ran like a mail or remember mail order mm-hmm. uh model kits that you were hunting for before you know in the 80s and probably 70s 80s and mid, mid you know early to mid 90s mm-hmm. um so this guy had uh it was called the galactic trade commission and it was run by this guy ron downing so there's we've linked to an article here that really goes through the whole thing but this guy was um advertising in like starlog and whatever sci-fi magazines mm-hmm. uh, and he was importing these um robotech models macross models and so something happened where he sat on a huge collection, this huge stash. I guess he went out of business or, or whatever, but somebody's gotten their hands on it and they're going through it and, and posting it for sale. And it's uh, it's wise, wise guys. It's yeah, a wise guy hobbies. I'm just throwing wise up guy hobbies. eBay, eBay yep. link for them right now. I guess it's an, an eBay store, but this is just, there's tons of wow. pictures. It's a fascinating um, like time capsule to yeah. see all these things in their original packaging, wow. like the you know, Macross logoed boxes from MI, which is long, you know, long uh, yep. defunct. Yeah, Aoshima yep. kids. Ravel, Ravel did some of the boxing. Kids. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ravel briefly did, uh, yep. took on the, the God, Macross molds. Yeah, yep. and, and for America and Canada and probably the, the Europe for, for doing Robotech uh, licensed models. So this is this is a really fascinating kind of story. And all this stuff is going to be so treasures, you know, wow. they're going to be uh, all being listed for sale. I really don't need to be looking at this stuff. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's a fascinating story, right? Oh. Like, all, I mean, we all have those. We all remember the kits we built as kids, yeah. no matter what age you are, and you always have a fondness or kind of a nostalgia for that period, right? That's why we always grab those, and then maybe crappy kits or whatever, but it's still fun to build, and you yeah. kind of you you idolize it and you kind of think about fantasize oh i i would do this to improve it or i would Uh correct these details or i whatever right and to see like hundreds of boxes of these like you know fairly rare things it's uh it's pretty awesome and it's a really interesting story that uh that they posted there about the discovery um you know the sort of the origin of this massive stock of stuff and kind of what's happening with it so wow it's pretty cool. It, it it really caught my eye. I mean, I I've got a couple old kits, and they're and they are fun. Um, oh yeah, you know, yeah. one I gave to you, right? You had yep, and it was an absolute it. blast. It was fantastic. Yeah. I still got a little bit more, more, more weathering to do on it, but mm-hmm. yeah. But like you know what? I'm just going through the guy's site here, and the pricing's not bad at all. He's got a IMAI Macross the Destroyed Monster one two hundred scale mm-hmm. for like twenty bucks. Yeah, like, and that's you can't a good go price wrong. for that. You yeah. can't go wrong at all. Yeah. Like they're not they they're good kits. They were yep. really well good for their time. Yeah, engineered kits for the mid 80s and yeah. they're probably still fun to build. Yeah. But there's there's new kits coming all the time yep. that are a little bit more price point, but they're better yep. engineered, they're better accuracy, they're, you know, better features, whatever. So, but you know, the, 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 it's a perfectly great project to have uh you know, on, awesome. on your table and they get repopped too. And they're not, yeah. Um, they're not, uh, unreasonably priced. I mean, it sort no. of depends, right. If they get mm-hmm. to kind of fall into collectors hands a little bit, yep. there's some resellers that jack up the prices, but, yep. um, I think for the most part, these are fun things to get. And, 
an original pressing, sometimes they're a little crisper, right? Mm -hmm. They're a little sharper. Exactly. Yep, exactly. Because I'm, I'm thinking back. I'm just looking in, in scale mates here, see if I can find a year. And yeah, oh, like 1982. The Destro 82. is 80, 82? 83, wow. sorry, 83. Okay, that sounds, um, they sounds one really one right. one But yeah, as you said, they've done a new box, Bandai Spirits, just released one last year. Mm -hmm. uh, that same kit, exactly. Same so, kit, new boxing, because they, they just let them, they, they do a run, yep. sell them out, let it sit for a couple of years, yep. and then they yep. do a repop, right? It so, goes back in the Disney vault, kids. That, yeah, that, that, that's the formula. <laughs> yeah, and Bondi does that. Oh, this is, I'm going to leave this tab open, Anthony. This is going to be fun. Yeah, but it's a really through. neat, like, time yeah. capsule to kind of, yeah. like, you know, somebody's golden era of models. Look, yeah. mine, you know, I was a little yep. kid, so these were like the yep. holy grail things right yeah so it's neat to see um yeah just a fascinating story and i think there's been there's been other similar stories too like people finding um like verlinden stuff you know mm -hmm. what I mean? yeah like another kind of well-known guy that really really excited modelers mm -hmm. and, and did some neat stuff and then kind of like just went away right so then yep. you find something and it's kind of that oh i remember, you know, yep, remember how exactly. funny it felt right this is so, so cool Interesting story, anyway. But uh, any more, more Macross awesome. goodness. More, we love, we love when you come and show us Macross goodness. Yeah, we can never get enough ma ma Macross. At least, at least I can. Okay, great, great. little segue there because we're talking Macross. Because you know what, we're also sponsored by those Australian kids, Brett and Chrissy at Return to Kit Form. Mm -hmm. Make sure you check out their website. You're looking for Macross stuff, newer stuff. Oh. Awesome check, store. check these guys out, not to mention their mass sets. Um, oh, the mass sets are, are just beautiful. Oh, yeah, chef's just kiss. beautiful. Yep. Chef's we, kiss. we, 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 we love them. You also get to see what he's, what he's building. Whatever he builds always puts me to shame. He's because pretty, he's, he's pretty, awesome. Uh, he's a great he, builder. He knows his stuff. He goes all the way. Yeah, Brett is doing, inspirational. Yeah. He's been doing some great stuff. So make sure, make sure you, uh, you, you check them out as well at return. The number two kitform.com, And you can tell them the scale model podcast sent you. All right. As always more modeling podcast. Goodness. Uh, you can check out some of our other, other friends, not just like what we had in the interview with the plastic model mojo, but other model podcasts as well at modelpodcast.com. Oh, it seems to be a couple of new ones. I think we're up to nine or 10 now. Uh, there's a lot of podcasts out there. It's good. Uh, always leave a, if you want, leave us a positive review. We're also on Facebook. I'm doing more video to YouTube now. I'm putting segments like audio segments with some pictures. Mm -hmm. I'm just starting to play around with that on YouTube. And of course, our very own website, skillmodelpodcast.com. That's where you get to see all the links, all the pictures of the awesome things Terry Terry does, Anthony does, Jeff does, and occasionally I throw one in, I sneak one in if no one's looking. So, all right. Anything else, gentlemen, before we leave for the holidays and wish everyone the best of the season, of course. From mm -hmm. everyone Merry here. Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, Merry Festivus, whatever. Yeah. Uh, great. You're good. All right. Well, I hope the family enjoys the birds, Terry. They look great. Yes. Thanks. All right. So on behalf of the Scale Model Podcast, my name is Stuart Clark. I'm Anthony Goodman. I'm Terry Measley reminding you this holiday season to spend some quality time with your kids. Excellent. See? See? Genius. <laughs> Every time. Genius. Love it. Thank you and be well.